Welcome to Ski Cap Hoodie and Shorts. Back to school organization. Hey everyone, welcome to the Ski Cap Hoodie and Shorts podcast. My name is Ted Samaras and I'm your host today. And today we're going to be talking about some back to school organizational tips for you. And this applies whether you're a teacher, whether you're an administrator, even if you're a student. Um, There's some uh, tips in here that I know that I try to uh, follow at the beginning of the year because it can be a really hectic time. Um, And maybe, you know, it's end of August and you really don't want to be focusing on your content yet because, you know, you're just trying to maybe enjoy the last days of summer. Uh, If you're here in the Northeast, I know for some of you in the South, Midwest, uh, you've already started. um, And in other parts of the world, you're kind of mid-year already. Um, But again, you know, for those of you who are looking to get organized, uh, this is kind of a nice way of doing it and getting yourself set up for the year uh, without getting too content heavy. Uh, so again, I'm going to go through, there's all kinds of tips that you could do, but I'm going to go through some uh, some tips that um, I find valuable each year uh, and that I'm actually doing as we're recording the podcast. So I hope you enjoy. So just to start out, what's nice about getting organized also at, um, early on is that you get to practice some of the techniques that you may want to share with your uh, teachers if you're a coach like me or with your students if you are a teacher. Um, because again, you know, if it's efficient for you and it makes your life a little bit easier, uh, you save a little bit of time, you save yourself a little bit of aggravation, um, then why not share it? So uh, one of the things I know uh, people have complaints about is um, if they have a Google Drive or if they have like a lot of email or, or that type of thing and they just can't get through it all, they can't get organized. Uh, so what I like to think about doing is if I'm in a drive. Uh, I'd like to create folders ahead of time if possible. Um, And if I know that there's going to be subcategories, like if I'm creating a 2023-24 school year folder, and then I know I'm going to have a September folder, October folder, etc. I can make them subfolders. But what I like to do is I like to color code code those folders. Um, And just so you know, uh, as a a pro tip um, from experience, the color coding is for you. So if I want to make my September 2023 folder green, uh, and then I go to present to a bunch of teachers, and I keep referring to the green folder, one of two things is going to happen. Either a bunch of them are going to just shout out at me, you know there's no green folder, or nobody's going to say anything throughout the presentation, kind of chuckle, and then be like, at the end of it, um, on the way out, can you show me where the green folder was because it didn't pop up on my screen? So just keep in mind that the color coding is for you. Um, Same kind of thing with Gmail. If you are looking to organize your Gmail, and this works for, you know, Outlook too, go ahead and create folders in Outlook or go ahead and create um, what's called labels in Gmail. Again, those can be color coded. um, And what it allows you to do is you can keep things in your inbox. You don't have to keep them in your inbox. Uh, but you can organize them so this way, you know, you click over on a, on a folder or a label and it has everything there. So if you want to set it up for your students, so it's parent communication from each student, um, you know, if you want to set it up from team members, however you want to do that. Um, 
Along those lines, if you want to stay um, organized and you're using something like a Google Classroom, right, uh, consider using topics. And this is something that it's a hard sell for me to tell you to use topics uh, at the very beginning of your year because you may have three assignments in there. And so it doesn't look like a big deal because you could see all three assignments on your screen. But what inevitably what happens is, is that you get to January and now you've put like 150 activities in your Google Classroom with like five months to go. And now everybody is searching through where they think your activity might be. So if you create a topic such as, um, you know, like if you're doing like, uh, you know, chemistry and your first two weeks is on the periodic table, um, you know, you may want to make a topic called the periodic table and then your next two weeks is on molecules. And so you uh, make a topic called molecules. So this way, when you're prepping for like your uh, your midterm, um, you know, the students can refer back and go, oh, yeah, I need to know the periodic table for the first 10 questions of my midterm. So let me go back and memorize, you know, all the elements or God bless them if they can do that or, you know, the first 20 elements or uh, however they want to do it. Uh, so using topics is something that you may not see the benefit of it, uh, you know, September 5th. But by, you know, December 5th, January 5th, you will definitely see the benefits of it. Uh, another way that I like to stay organized is um, by using my Google Calendar. Um, and there's a couple of things, right, that you can do in here. Um, you know, in, in the Google Calendar, you know, you can have obviously, you know, your meetings and your appointments. And, you know, if you set up like uh, your parent-teacher conferences in there, um, there's a lot of different ways that you could use Google Calendar or, you know, your Apple Calendar or your Microsoft Calendar. Uh, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but one thing that I like to do is because I bounce between buildings uh, and I also um, move around letter days. So as an example, in our district, right, our elementary days are like A through F, whereas our middle school is A through B and our high school is A through D on a drop. Um, and I'm sure some of you have some unique um, letter day scheduling as well. Um, I know for my son, he had, uh, you know, an A through G and G day was the afternoons become the mornings or something like that. Uh, so they probably could have had a class on that all on its own. But um, what I like to do is in my Google Calendar, uh, so I know what building I'm supposed to be in on a particular letter day, um, me and, and, and the team I work on, we actually share a calendar and we put the letter days in each box. So like if it's like, you know, an A day at the high school and a A day at the middle school, but it's a D day at an elementary, we'll have something that looks like AAD. Um, and because our calendars get full, as I'm sure yours do, uh, you want to have those kind of bounce to the top. So we like to put a symbol um, at the beginning of it, which kind of moves things to the top because it's trying to alphabetize um, your events if it's not in a time order, if everything is all day. So we put like um, a tilde, and if you don't know what that is, that's the little squiggly line that you may not be familiar with at the top left-hand corner of most keyboards. Um, but you could put an exclamation point, a number sign, something like that, and it moves it up for you. Um, so that's uh, one thing that you can consider doing to kind of help you stay organized. Uh, now, I know a lot of you also um, like to count down um, how many days you have left in the school year, right? Some of you are thinking about, I just want to get to summer already, even though you just came off of summer break, even though it's not a true break, it's more of unpaid days because a lot of you are prepping during the summer after you've caught a quick breather, hopefully. Um, 
but then also um, some of you are counting down maybe to retirement or maybe to locking in a pension or um, some other type of thing. Maybe it's personal. You want to count down to graduation or something like that because some of your old students are graduating high school after you had them in kindergarten. Um, so whatever your reason is for counting down, um, you can do it in the Google Calendar the same way, right? In New Jersey, we have to work 180 days with student contact. Um, usually most districts do like 184, 185 because of professional development. So if you want to start, you can go ahead and count off your days uh, by doing it the same way we do the letter days. Um, the other thing you can do is, is that if you want to set up like a calendar um, in a spreadsheet, so you can just, something as simple as, you know, the date um, and then a checkbox next to it. You could go ahead and make it like a grid, like a calendar, or you could just have like a list of the dates that you're working. And then in the column next to it is that you can go ahead and you can put um, checkboxes in. And so if you do that, um, if you've listened to some of the podcasts before or seen me in some presentations, you'll remember that a checkbox uh, in Google Sheets is actually just a visual representation of a true-false statement. And what's nice about that is, is that you can do counting of true and counting of false. So what you can do is you can actually write a formula uh, using COUNTIF. You can count if, right? All you know if the boxes are true or if they're checked off, and then do another formula that's a count if for if the boxes are not checked or false. And if you go ahead and you do that, uh, what you could do is you can count the number of days you've worked and the number of days you've had left. And so it's kind of like you're building your own countdown clock. Um, so like I said, for those of you who are uh, into it, who like to talk about that on bus duty or in the lunchroom or on your way home when you're reflecting on your day, um, that's something else you can consider to kind of keep yourself motivated and keep yourself organized. Um, some other things to think about, um, you know, there is the future to always think about, right? And in this particular context, you can think about setting up for things further into the future. So just like we discussed before the importance of topics, because, you know, eventually you're going to be talking about in an American history class, right? You may be talking about the Civil War at some point, um, but you may be in, uh, you know, Jamestown, Yorktown, um, that area still. And so, you know, you want to start thinking ahead. Um, or you're looking at your curriculum map or however the story is, uh, you can go ahead and start thinking about getting some stuff uh, set up ahead of time. So whether it's work-related or whether it's, you know, you want to have a, um, you know, you want to do a survey for your students or for parent-teacher conferences or uh, you're having a school function and you're, you know, you're in charge of making the surveys, you can go ahead and make them now. Um, you know, like there's different um, you know, there's different themes that you can use and things like Google Forms or any of the online forms. You know, you can always upload your own pictures too. And so you can go ahead and start creating things for Halloween, for Thanksgiving, for Christmas, winter break, who's going to be available, what times are good for people, etc., etc. You can start building them now because a lot of times, to be honest, you're asking the same questions. Are you available this date? Are you available that date? Who's bringing this? Who's bringing that? Um, and all you're doing is changing the theme. So if you're in there building all this stuff at the beginning of the year anyway, just make a copy of it, change your heading from, you know, autumn leaves to candy corn, and now all of a sudden you've got your October, um, you know, Google form, right? Along those lines, um, what you can also do is, is that, um, you know, with these forms, you can think about how you can use the same form over and over and over again and collect good data because, you know, again, like, you you know, part of your review, I'm sure, is, 
you know, you want to show the tools that you use, but whether you have one form that takes 200 surveys or 200 forms that take one survey each, right, you're getting to the same place. So consider like if you're using like a Google form or another online type of form, um, consider leaving it open so students or parents or other teachers can um, go ahead and actually answer more than one time in the form so that this way if you use it like an exit ticket like you know you have to fill this out before you leave each day because you want to be able to have feedback to think about while you're um, thinking through your lessons the next day the students could get used to the rhythm of the question right the teachers can ask me what's something important that I took out of today what's something I'm still not clear on where do I think I want to go with this however you want to do it if you want to put a rate the lesson that's kind of up to you that's between you and, and your rapport with your students um, but again what you can do is you can use that same form over and over and then once you link that spreadsheet to it now you have all that data flowing through the same spreadsheet so now you can really use the power of collecting those form responses and start making other tabs where you're starting to um, you know funnel the data based on one student or one topic you can also go ahead because you're collecting it in a Google Sheet is start to prep your conditional formatting ahead of time um, so that this way if you know you're looking for particular responses, um, if you're looking for particular needs, etc., etc., um, you can go ahead and prep it so as the responses come in through that form, um, you can go ahead and get that information and you can have it color coded for you um, ahead of time so this way you don't have to sit there and fill out the boxes with the paint can. Also, thinking jumping into the future, um, something I like to encourage people to do and I try to do myself is also don't forget to email yourself at the beginning of the year. Um, I know that may sound strange, but a lot of times, you know, it doesn't have to be like a, you know, a full on uh, dissertation that you're emailing yourself, but maybe think about like three goals that you want to have completed by like a certain time, like whether it's, uh, you know, midwinter break, whether it is end of the year, et cetera, et cetera. And you can go ahead and um, send yourself an email, even if it's just words of encouragement, if you want to send it to like a random Friday end of October because you haven't had a day off. Um, since the beginning of the year and um, you know it gives you some words of encouragement because they, those may be the only words of encouragement that you see all day uh, you can do that and what's nice is is that if the software whether it's Outlook or whether it's uh, Gmail or one of the others you can schedule send your emails so that this way um, you know you can go ahead and schedule it for like October 31st and it will send on October 31st but you can type it up now uh, so that's something else to consider um, thinking futuristic all right um, another thing you want to think about doing too um, if you work with spreadsheets a decent amount and again you don't have to be the data analyst for the district for this to apply to you because many of us are have to learn about spreadsheets even if it's just inputting right but if you're doing some of the building really think about some of the data you might want to set up right and and set it up like a master form because Inevitably, I try to avoid this as much as possible, uh, falling into this trap where um, I go ahead and make a sheet and now I've made 100 copies of the same sheet with all the questions I think I need. And then all of a sudden, whether it's me 
who comes up with another question, or maybe somebody else who's sharing the sheet would like to add another question, and now all of a sudden you're making that change on a hundred different sheets. Um, the more you can think about before you put a sheet out into the wild and make copies of it, the better off you're going to be. Um, so in that vein, um, I would think about asking questions either in the sheet directly or whether it's a form link to a sheet. I would ask more questions than less. And again, you don't want to make it so that your end user is collecting so much data that like they're like, I can't believe, you know, to answer, you know, what my lunch order is. You're asking me 20 different questions. But at the same time, um, you want to ask enough questions that even if you don't use the data in a particular column or even if you tell your user, hey, listen, I built this, but don't use columns or S and T, I blacked them out so you don't have to put any data in there. Um, think about doing that uh, so that this way um, you're not spending a lot of your valuable time doing the tedious task of copying and pasting and inserting um, stuff into a, a hundred different tabs, right? You want to be able to kind of think things through and get it as clean as possible before you um, do make those copies, all right? So just kind of keep that in mind uh, too. And the more you can collect on a bigger data sheet, so instead of making a uh, form for three different classes, make one form and make one of your early questions, you know, what class periods do you meet? You know, is it three, four, is it eight, nine, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and then you can actually have your data and then you can sort it um, by that. Uh, so that this way you've collected all that data using that same master form and now that same master sheet. And again, by using things like import data and query and um, filtering and some other you know tools in, in these spreadsheets like Excel or Numbers or Google Sheets, um, you can go ahead and, and use that data. So, but just thinking it through ahead of time definitely, um, definitely helps you out. Um, and especially that... Um, you know, that you can do a lot of this conditional formatting uh, ahead of time on these sheets and a lot of this filtering ahead of time. So as responses come through, um, the data becomes more valuable to you and you can actually spend the time analyzing it instead of manipulating it. So um, this is probably a good place to stop. I mean, right, as always, you guys know you can contact me uh, via, you know, various channels. But um, I just wanted to give you some thought starters and, you know, things that will be helpful to you and things that aren't content heavy right now because you're going to be doing that content soon enough with your students or you may have already jumped into it. But just a few things that like, even if you're not ready to do it at work yet, um, it may help you out like building that form for, you know, holiday gifts or, um, you know, you're the person who does the lunch orders every Friday. Uh, and so instead of having people drop off a post-it note in, uh, in, in Scribble like mine, uh, they can go ahead and fill out a Google form and, you know, do all that kind of stuff. Um, you know, and then it's just a matter of how you want to, you know, collect the money. Uh, but I'll leave that up to you. Uh, so, but, you know, can you do some of this as the year goes on? Uh, sure you can. Right. And can you add and take away things as the year goes on? Yep, you can do that, too. Right. But when you want to spend the time at the beginning thinking at least about the structure and putting certain structures in place, it's a nice way of getting started. So when you do have to add things or delete things, you know that you've done a bulk of the work already. And now it's just a matter of doing some tweaking as opposed to reinventing the wheel every time you want to um, do something like this. So thank you for joining me today. I really hope you um, felt that this episode was uh, helpful and that you enjoyed it. 
Um, we try to make these things topical um, and fun as well for you. So, um, you know, don't forget if you want to reach out to me because, again, this show runs off of your feedback, right? You can always contact me uh, at Gmail at ski cap hoodie and shorts at gmail.com. Uh, you can go to my main website, uh, which is www.ourtechcoach.com, which has a link to um, not only this website, uh, the Ski Cap Hoodie and Shorts website, but also some great projects I'm working on with uh, some global collaborators um, around the world. And if you want to um, reach out to me, uh, you can do that now on social media. If you're looking on LinkedIn, uh, you can reach out to me um, at Ted Samaras. Um, And if you are looking for me on Twitter, uh, look for me on my main um, Twitter social, uh, which is... uh, at our tech coach, all one word. So again, thank you for your time today. Thank you for listening to the Ski Cab Hoodie and Shorts podcast. And please remember to be good to yourself and be yourself. <laughs>